Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Our church started um, the first week. We put our, our launch video out the first week of March, the, about the third week of March. COVID hit, and we had to adjust each and every, and I feel like in the, in the journey of our church, there's always adjustments, adjustments. Whenever we thought we were going to be a downtown church, we had everything locked in a month before we launched, downtown was taken away from us, and we didn't know where to go. We were one month away from launching our church, the people that have been here for, for a minute. One minute launch from our church, I got everybody together and said, hey, we are not launching downtown. I don't know where we're going to launch, but we're going to be launching the same day. We had faith. And then the RP Funding Center opened up for us. And I don't know how we did that, but that was a miracle after a miracle at the 5.30 a.m. Who want to come to church at 5.30 a.m.? What if I say uh, we are launching a second service and the second service is 5.30 a.m.? Nobody will be here. I promise you that. But there was faithful people that are here today and they're not here right now, but we honored them as well. Because without them, 5.30 a.m., you wouldn't have church at 10.30. And there was people getting here at 5.30, loading our trucks out, all of our stuff, loading it all up. And then right after service, everybody's going to eat, and we're loading it back down. We did that for a year. And we said, God, open up a building for us. And God gave us this Ariana campus. And look how beautiful it is. Come on, give it up for Jesus. But it is not over. It is not over. We have done uh, this past um, Sunday, we did our legacy offering. We did our legacy offering. And I, I, next week, I'm going to be telling you about that miracle that happened. So listen, we know some people that came to us after service last week and said, hey, um, we don't have our offering yet, but we want to give. So we kept it open. Legacy is open. So if you want to still invest in the legacy offering for the future of our church, you can still do so on our on, online, on our app, and you can give to that legacy. If you were hesitant on doing it next week, hey, we kept it open, and we're going to tell you next week what the miracle that God has done in this place. I mean, God has already blown our minds. Long, hard, rewarding, joyful, and very hard. That's the words that I have for the past two years. Good and bad. But in the middle of it, God honored our sacrifice. And we've seen outreaches. We've seen kids events. We've seen youth. We started a youth group. We have sermons, small groups, events, loading, new campuses, a lot of crying, but then there's a lot of celebration. Come on, once again, let's give it up for Jesus. He is faithful. He is faithful. As we transition into this message, as we navigate this series that we're doing called one-liners, we are kind of going around the concept of context matters. Context matters. Relationships, married um, um, husbands and wives, you know context matters. We talked about that last week. Context matters. You get that one text message that you think said something, but then they read it another way, and you're going to be having a conversation for the next three hours, three days, 16 days. I mean, it, it, it just goes on sometimes. It depends on your guys' um, concept of grace, all right? Because context matters. We talked about also last week, remember the telephone game, where, the, where you're in, in school, and they, you tell them a secret, and then the next person has to tell it, and the next person, and at the end, of the, at the end it's like completely different because context matters. 
See, when you're watching a show or, or reading a book, it, it's good to get everything in context because then you can formulate what really the, the author or the, the subject is really talking about. Because if you just um, focus on one little verse, you're going to miss the greatness of what that verse really means. And you're just going to make your own identity of what that verse is. And that's how we have done it sometimes in the church. We take one verse and we just put it on a bumper sticker. We, we take one verse and we, we, we shop at Hobby Lobbies all over our house. And, um, and we just live on that verse. And yes, the promises of God are yes and amen. But if you read it in context, you can see how those people really came to say those things that we talk about each and every day because context matters. It's good sometimes to put it in the context of where it was back then. How about if I say this? Hey, um, 2020 was, was bad. You don't know what the heck I'm talking about. But if I say, hey, there was a pandemic. Hey, there was this and this. It gives you context to see what it was bad. It matters. So that's how we have to read the Bible sometimes. And one of these verses that we're going to be talking about, it, it, we talk about it so much. I mean, if you've been to church environments, it, 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 we've been reciting this verse, but I want to give context to it because it, it gives a different revelation of what the people were dealing with and what God is speaking to our life as well. Let's go to this verse. You ever heard this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11? Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's a fun. Jeremiah, because everybody knows it. If you've been in church for at least like three seconds, you know Jeremiah 29, 11. Because everybody says it. You know, when, when everybody wants to be on the mountaintops, you say, hey, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, when, when you're on the valley and you're like, God, what's happening? 29, 11. You see it on everything. Some of you have it in your house. Who has Jeremiah 29, 11 in their house right now? There she has it on her chained. That's a Christian Christian right there. She carries that thing with me. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and plans to give you a hope and a future. Anybody heard that verse before? And that's where the preacher goes, ah, and I know a plan, ah, you know, like what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's a good verse. This verse has been recited at least once every service. It's on everything that we see. It's a very known but a very powerful verse. It expresses the promises of God for us now and for the future that God has for us. I can say that this, first, this verse, I have um, said it numerous times on my mountaintop experiences, and I pray it out of, out of the joy of what God is going to do in my life. He, he gives us a great hope, and he gives me a great future because he says it in his word. But if we really read this verse, it gives a different kind of meaning to it when you understand where the Israelite people were at this time. It, you have to understand. You would think that this is God has given this promise to them when they're at the highest point of their life. I mean, giving them a future, a hope, a promise, that's all good things. But you have to understand that this verse comes out of a moment in the Israelites' life of oppression. It comes in the moment of them taking out, getting taken out of their homeland and getting exiled to the, to the town of Babylon. So in a place 
of exile. There was no Red Sea experience. There was no water coming from the rock. There was no cloud by day and pillar and pillar of fire by night. There was no manna from heaven. It was exile. It was hurt. It was pain. Strip you away from what you know and put you in a place that you don't know. And a matter of fact, you're not in a place you don't know. You're a slave to the people. But I have, the, I have plans, says the Lord, <laughs> plans to prosper. How can you tell me that you want to prosper me while I'm in the middle of oppression? See, it's a different concept. But that's the end of the story. We have to understand what God tells them in this, because God tells them clearly in this verse that he was going to keep them in exile for 70 years. At least God gave them an end date to the story. Has God ever given you an end date to your problem in your life? I'm a little jealous right now. Because if I knew how much time I have to deal with this issue, I might deal with the issue a little differently. But I don't know about you. But there's no answer, to, answer sheet to my quizzes in life. God says, hey, here's a test. I'm there. Is this going to take a day or like half my life, God? But here the Israelites say, God is telling them 70 years, you're going to stay in Babylon. 70 years of generations. I mean, family members, kids are going to turn into grownups real fast because it's, it's a generational thing. I'm here to, what if God said, hey, I want to take you out of Lakeland. I, I, actually, how about Lakeland was invaded by people in Mississippi. And they just took over Lakeland and took everything you know, all your families, and say, hey, now you're living in Mississippi. Destroy Lakeland. How would you feel? Oh, this is great. It's like a vacation. No, everything you know, all your possessions, your family, your history, everything taken away in a moment is a season of exile a season of unrest. Exile happened to them and they didn't want it. But here's the thing, exile, a season of unrest, uncertainty, sometimes is not a bad thing. Let me explain this. There are times where God removes us from one season into a season of unknown and uncertainty, but God's hand is still on it even though it's difficult. See, we believe that just because God, God is for us, he's not against us, that means for us, we shouldn't deal with difficult situations in the human form. But sometimes God is going to take you in a season of a little bit of uncomfortable for you to understand, number one, who he is, how he operates in your life, and lets you grow because sometimes exile is not bad see we it's in this most popular verse in the bible comes of a, comes through a season of unrest uncertainty unknowing in their life today if i had a if i had a title to this message is this prosper in the difficult Prosper in the difficult. That don't flow together, right? 
prosper, be prosperous when in the difficult. Let us, let's read the verse now and to give it context. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's go to verse 4 through 11 and let's give context. Let's see what God is telling these people in this time. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those that have carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what God tells them. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry, have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters to marriage so they, do, so they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in there. Do not decrease. Also set the peace and prosperity of the city to whom I carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Man. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the Lord of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and the, the, uh, the diviners among you de uh, deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams, uh, to the dreams you in, encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name, and I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years have completed from Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to not harm you. Plans for a, a future and a hope. What? When, when, we, when sometimes you read this, you're like, God, I, these people are in a bad spot. They're in a bad time. Like, everything's taken away. Here's a bold statement I need you to understand. I need you to understand. Get used to uncertainty. Somebody needs to write that next to the 2911. They're like, uh, uh, get used to uncertainty. Because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, it talks about our time. It says, do not be naive. There will be difficult times ahead as the day at the end approaches. And you can see all the things that are happening in our world right now, right there. We don't have to read it right there. But it says, bad times are going to come. But take heart. God's still God. How can you have so much faith in a place where it's faithless? This is where God said, in an uneasy season, we have to come in this exile season. We have to understand we still win in the uncertainty. We still prosper in the unknown. We are still victorious in sometimes where it seems defeat because God is still God and he's still working in my favor. So what are the things that God told these people in the midst of an uncertain situation, an exile season? What did he tell them to do? Number one, he said this. He said, settle in. What if God told you, in this difficult season, instead of retreating, settle in? And that's what he told them? He said, guess what? I know it seems a little crazy. I know it seems a little uneasy. But what I want you to do is I want you to build houses. Make businesses. Get a little bit comfortable in this uneasy situation. 
I mean, you thought it was going to be like, hey, God's like, we're a fire coming down from heaven. Babylon is gone. He's like, he's killing everyone. You know, no, 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 no. Build houses. Settle in. What if the season that you're in, you are trying to put a for sale sign, what God's telling you to stay in? This is not a birthday message. I should have waited for this next week, okay? But I need you to understand this, that do not think that you are a loser. <laughs> Don't think that you lost when uncertainty comes. Because what if God's hands on it? What if in that moment of where you feel like you're exiled, you feel like you're all alone, you feel, yes, it, it, the, the pressure comes, but what if God is saying, hey, listen, I am building something on the inside of you that is gonna be for the next season. I need you to stay here. I need you to settle it in because what I have for you, what, what I have for you is bigger than the emotion that you're feeling right now. What I have for you is bigger than the issue that you're dealing with right now. If you just settle into my word, if you just settle, in, settle into my promises, if you just read your word, if you just settle in, I know the pain is coming. I know the hurt is coming. I know they're going to backstab you. But if you just settle in, you're going to see what I have for you. Settle in. It's not a normal thing we talk about. If I was them, I'd be like, God, is this a cruel joke? God, have you missed it? Are you out of your mind? I'm just going to pitch a tent. Some of us are pitching a tent where God's telling us to build a house. For my plan, I'm just going to tent it up. Just stay here because I'm trying to talk to this person, talk to this person to get that job. And you're trying to manufacture it yourself. And guess what? You're going to find yourself stuck in a tent. But God is calling us to live in victory. And sometimes victory, there's difficulty around. And God is there each and every step of the way. It's what he's telling the Israelite people. Do not retreat. Do not get out. Do not be selfish. Settle in because God declares that in this unrest, it's going to be the most prosperous season of your life. You know why they had the faith to settle in? Because God said it. It's that simple. If I tell you, hey, you're in a toxic relationship, why don't you settle in? My words could be good or bad. But when God says it, I could take that thing to the bank, cash the check real quick. It ain't bouncing. They had the faith to do it. They had the faith to build the house in the middle of the unrest because only God said it. Because when God says stuff over your life, it's a declaration, yes and amen. It's not your timing or when you want it. No, it's yes and amen. That means two years. That means three years. That means two hours. That means it, all you got to do is settle in and know that he has the victory on the other side. Settle in. Settle in. Maybe God wants you in a learning season. Because he says in his promises are yes and amen. When God's word is over your life, that's when you can stand. How do you know? There was a Shadrach, there's a Meshach, and there's a Bendigo in the fire. And God said, hey, guess what? It's fire all around. Settle in. 
And what happened? They didn't get burned. And they changed the nation. Oh, David, there's a big giant, way bigger than you, has more of the resources, has everything that you ever wanted. Guess what? Have a rock. Settle with a rock and a little sling. He slayed a giant. And when other people were retreating in fear, he stood conquerors. How about another? Yeah, uh, Abraham, you know that son that you wanted, that you, that you mess, tried to mess up a couple times, but then finally God was still uh, had favor in your life? You know, Isaac, that guy, you know, hey, let's have a little picnic together. Get some wood. We're, it's sacrifice season. We're going up the mountain. Hey, God, where's the sacrifice? Uh, your son. All right. Stop. He provided. I don't know about you, but that's not a that's not a comfortable season. And we're worried about, oh, my job is so hard. My boss is they had fire, a giant. Sometimes I'm not not neglecting what you're dealing with. But sometimes you got to put it in perspective in context of what God's promises are. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You got to stop living in the in the defeat. You're already victorious. And just because you're in a season of unrest doesn't mean that God has left you. He says, settle in because I know this. He's still Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He is still Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. He is still Adonai, our Lord and Master. He's still Yahweh, the Lord Jehovah. He's still Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. He is still Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. He never changes. His word never changes. His promises never changes. Our situation might change, but he doesn't. Settle in because his promises are for you. Another thing that he told them to do, not only to settle in, but to grow. He said, in the, he said, why don't you guys, like your daughters have kids and everybody's having kids and like multiply in this season. Sometimes in uncertainty, we just want to sit. But what if God tells you this is going to be the most multiplying season of your life if you just put it in context? That's what he told them. He said, while you settling in, I want you to grow. I want you to grow. I want you to multiply. Because what I have for you on the other side, you need the numbers on your side. You can't grow if you don't do something. You can't expect to grow in uncertain situations if you don't put the work into it. These Israelite people, they got to work. He said, everybody having kids. They're like, God, bet. We all having kids. Let's have a party. Like, they, they, kids have, popping kids everywhere. Everybody's having a kid. Because it's multiplication. See, sometimes we have a mindset of subtraction when God is a God of multiplying. Oh, God, I don't have this. God, I, I, I don't operate in that. I don't, I don't. You add, you, you're, you're subtracting when God is saying, no, 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 no. I have given you. He's a God of multiplication. In this season, he said, grow. So how do we grow in a, in a season of unrest? How about read your word? How about get connected to small groups? 
How about, how about come to church? Most of the time, this is what I don't understand. Most of the time when people are, are all good, then they come to church. But when it's bad, they're like, oh, I don't need church. Isn't that the opposite? Like you need community. You need people to be like, hey, yeah, you might be in it, but we're behind you. We're, you, you need to, when uncertain, uh, when, uh, uncertain situations or, or bad things happen in your life, you need to get closer to God, not farther away. He said, draw near. Let's grow in this season. Let's not stay stagnant. Let's not, let's not stay in the moment. Let, let's, let's continue to grow, 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 grow. You can grow even when you feel like everything's going in chaos. You can. It's what God says. How about this? In Psalms chapter 92, verse 12, it says, The righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. See, there are certain breeds of cedars and certain breeds of, of palms that grow in very dry conditions, like the driest of driest conditions. Like, not only do they grow, they flourish. So God is telling you in this, in the, in the moments where you feel the driest, I have put you as a cedar. I have put you as a palm. You are going to flourish when other things around you seem dry. When other things seem dry, when your life seems a little uneasy, uh, there's a little, a little bit of unrest, I have made you tall like a cedar. I have made you tall like a palm. Where others will wither and fade away, I have put you strong. You are in the season you need to be. You're going to flourish in the moment you need to do because God has given you the ability to do it. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be bolder. You're going to be on fire for him for the next season that God has for you. It's all settling in you. You have to change your mindset. I'm going to grow and not be complacent. I'm going to grow in this season. God speaks that over your life. How about Ezekiel? Ezekiel goes and God says, he said, God placed him in a, in a valley of dry bones. And in the natural, when you see bones, that means death. When I, I, that don't mean like somebody's gonna be living. But he said, God placed Ezekiel in the middle. Read it. In the middle of the dry bones. And he gave him one instruction. Speak to them. Sometimes I'm like, God, you're weird. I love you. You're holy, but you're weird. Because you, if I took Jordan over here to a, uh, like a, a place where a bunch of bones are, and I, and I see him speaking to it, I'd be like, somebody call the weirdo police, all right? Because this guy needs to go. Like, he's weird. But here's what the thing. He placed him. He said, speak to him. In Ezekiel's power, it's foolish to speak to the dead things. But when God said it, when God spoke it, it wasn't by Ezekiel's power. It was about God's blowing his breath into Ezekiel and saying, hey, speak to these. And it, those bones came together, ligaments came together, and it became an army for Christ. It doesn't, it, it's impossible. It was a dry season for Ezekiel. But when God's behind it, it becomes an army. 
It's growing season. It's time for us to grow, declares the Lord. It's not time for us to stay here anymore. It's for us to multiply and not look at the negative all the time, but see what God is doing in this season as well. It's growing season. Number, number three, I love this one. He not only told them to grow, he told them to have peace with the Babylonians. He said, while you're there, get some friends. While you're there, hang out with these people that just took you out of your hometown. Have peace in the middle of chaos. Okay, God, you told me to settle it. I don't like that. Get me out of it, but I'll do it. Now you're telling me to grow in this thing. Don't understand it, but I'll do it. But now you're telling me to bless the ones that curse me? That's where I draw the line. He says, have peace with them. Bless the ones that just exiled you. Be a blessing even when you're in exile. Here's what I know. In the midst of being in a land of the unknown, it doesn't need to change your character. Somebody needs to know that real fast. Just because it's uneasy, you don't need to change your character. Your character doesn't need to change with your environment. There's too many people that are like chameleon Christians. When I'm hanging out with this group of people, I'm like all in. When I'm hanging out in church, one of my coworkers, I'm like, ah, what, who are you? God's saying, in the midst of difficulties, don't lose who I called you to be. Have peace. You're Israel. You're the favored. You're the, one, you're the people that I've chosen. That doesn't take away who you are because you're in exile. Matter of fact, your character needs to grow more. Because we're supposed to be a light in the darkness. God has given them an impossible task. New atmospheres shouldn't change our character. Romans chapter 5, verse 3, verse 5. I am preaching today. You guys are very quiet, okay? I don't know if I'm hurting your feelings, but it's not good. We'll stop right now, okay? But Romans chapter 5, we're not stopping. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 5. You can talk back, okay? We're a little bit of a loud church, okay? Um, Romans chapter three, uh, five, verse three and five, verse three and five says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, <laughs> knowing that the sufferings produces endurance and endurance brings character and character produces hope and hope puts on, not puts us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He said, bless them who exiled you. And then there's this verse in Romans chapter 12 that I don't like. If I can just take it away, throw it. Romans chapter 12, verse 13, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Some of you need to not curse them like witchcraft stuff, but you need to stop, stop cursing them with your mouth too. I don't like that. Because if you come at me, there's two sides of Pastor Eric. 
There's the white side. I've been there. I'm usually there. There's this Puerto Rican side that you don't see a lot. I speak like four Spanish words. Carlos, we tried to all use them, all of them when we were over there in Fine Island. They were talking to me Spanish. I'm like, si, no, okay, all right? If you come at me in a twisted way, I don't know if I want to be Christian and, and like, like say, oh, thank you. I bless you, brother. I don't curse you. In my mind, I'm not thinking cuss words. I'm thinking blessings. It don't work that way sometimes because it's not in our human nature. That's why it tells us to crucify your flesh daily. Pick up your cross daily. It's a work at this thing. And you don't have to have it all together, but you got to try. This is what God said. He's like, I want you to do this. I want you to bless them with your words. Bless them with your actions. Bless them with your love. Bless them with your resources. Generosity. Because God is glorified even in uncertain places. We're not letting uncertain places change us. Our job is to change uncertain places. I don't, it doesn't change me. I change the atmosphere around me through the love of Jesus Christ in me. Last thing he told him, he said, hey, don't listen. Because they're in exile. So you know when people are, are in un crazy places, like they're crazy places, then they start like getting really prophetic and holy real fast. You know, they're like, oh, the Lord is telling me that you're going to get out of this season. You know? I mean, it's all in good, in good, a good heart, well, some of them. But he told them, hey, the, the prophets that are talking to you that saying that this season is not of me, don't listen to them. He said, at the end, he said, my hand is on it. So that means others' opinions of the season you're in has to be less and God's, God's opinion more. Because your friends can talk you out of a season that God wants you in. Because we all have good intentions and hearts for each other. We love each other. But that's why each and every one of our salvation is individual. When I get to heaven, it ain't going to be me and Jess holding hands and be like, hey, we did a great job. It's going to be you and Jesus. And sometimes... We go to people's opinions more about what season we're in more than the one who puts us in that season. He said, do not listen to them. Do not listen to what they're saying because what they're saying is not what I'm doing. Let me tell you today, most people won't understand the favor over your life, God's favor over your life. Most people are so jealous of the favor over your life that they'll talk about you about the favor that God has for you. Anybody been there before? Like, they don't understand the promises for your life. So when they don't understand it, they're going to talk about you. Don't listen. They don't understand your anointing. They don't understand your purpose. That doesn't mean you need to be a jerk. Sometimes you got to be friends from afar. Love from afar. My mom used to tell me that all the time. Everybody's not your best friend. 
And everybody don't need to be your best friend. But that doesn't mean you hate everyone. You love them, respect them, but they don't have to be part of that circle. It's, it's saying, God, I trust you with your words over my life, not what others say. Trust his thoughts. Okay, let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11. Put that up again, okay? It says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the verse for today. Plans to prosper you. Uh, put, the, put the full verse. Go to 29. Uh, yes, okay. Holy moly. That is small. Um, somewhere in there. And the Lord said, 70 years, I'll get to Babylon. I'll fulfill my promise and take you back to this place. So you're telling me, God's saying, this is a drop the mic moment and we're done. Play the music because I'm, I'm going to be done here, okay? God said, not only am I taking care of you in exile, but I'm going to bring you back to this very place and bless you. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I'm going to prosper you in this place. I'm going to give you a future in this place. I'm going to de well, I'm going to declare some things over you in this place. The season that they thought was difficult was really their promise season. He said, "At this place, I have the plans for you. In this place, I will prosper you. In this place." Some of you are getting out of seasons that God is calling you to be in that place. To be a light. Yes, it's hard. Yes, I don't understand. But God said, if you settle, you grow, don't stay stagnant. If you continue to move forward, if you don't curse this season, if you be a blessing in this season, the place that you put your feet on is blessed. Because he knows the plan for your life. He knows what you need. And some of you, what you need right now is a little uneasiness. You've been a little too comfortable in your, in your walk. Not for him to curse you, but for him to grow you. For him to take you from, what does it say? From glory to glory to glory. I prosper in the uncertainty. I do not cave. I do not give up. I do not complain. I do not gossip. I do not stop giving. I do not... I do not, I always show up. I don't put God on the back burner. No, I show up because this season's going to be the best season, prosperous season of my life. I am, somebody you got to say this to your life. I am stable and I am strong. Say that to you. Come here, say, I am stable and I am strong. You got this. You are stronger than you think. God has got a promise over your life. Some of us need to do what the Bible says in Ephesians, put on the full armor of God. The word of God is there, and in unsettling seasons, in this place, he has a place for you to prosper, for your future, and to give you hope when you feel hopeless. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. 
If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.